You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I am your other host, Jason Wheeler. And today we are in person with one another. That's right. We're sitting, as always, Roger and I have always been pretty good about social distancing. We sit at opposite ends of a long conference table. I feel like uh, the those uh, rich couples in movies that sit like a mile apart from each other at the at the giant dining room tables. It's like Beauty and the Beast in here or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so today, what do we have? We got exciting. We're we are delving into zeitgeists. This is our first time in a while to actually also have a podcast with with just the two of us again. Right. So. Uh, you know, we don't have to keep ourselves reserved and, and try to impress our guests today. Uh, just you, our lowly viewers. <laughs> it's all <laughs> viewers. That's not even the right word. So anyways, uh, so we're going to talk about policies this year and, and, and specifically what's going on right now with pol- the zeitgeist well, of the day. Where are we, though? We, listeners have no idea what day it is. It's... I don't know. It's July, I think. Summertime you know? of 2020. Okay. That's right. And the big news on Twitter's lately and uh, in the ag world is rolling basis contracts. People have been doing that for a while because the prices have not been desirable. I thought you were going to go down the Gies Lane Maxwell thing, but because uh, that's apparently on Twitter today too, but not yet. Um yeah, the, the, the roles, the basis contract roles, obviously we had a, a, a surprise report this week and uh, markets responded surprisingly uh, surprised and uh, it went up and some people sold and it was great. It was glorious. Everyone was rejoicing. Brokers and elevators and farmers, everyone, everybody loves it on an up day. It's fantastic. No one doesn't not like it. Yeah. So, so, so that's that's kind of the the, the environment where we find ourselves in. We're, we're pulled back from the brink for at least a day. And what we've seen so far this year, of course, prices haven't been great. Uh, there have been rounds of payments from the government uh, to to offset trade wars and whatnot, and demand issues and buying on elections and, on, and negative oil futures and all sorts of things uh, are happening, but. It's been bad for prices. However, basis has been very historically strong in just about every market. Um, and so a lot of guys have gotten advice from smart advisors who look at basis and say, that number at least is good. Everything else is terrible. But look at that number. That's pretty neat. And so they they tell them, lock that in. And what, what it has precipitated, of course, is all these guys with basis set, but not the price yet. And... Nothing's getting them excited to price it. They're still getting money, cash flow from government payments, so they're they don't they're not forced to price out, and they've just kept rolling these basis contracts into carries, which doesn't always work out well. No, unless you sold the basis as 
as a, as a, as a, the farmers have, it has not worked out. If you bought it, it works really good. Then herein lies the difference between a basis yeah. trader and someone who simply buys or sells basis. Which that's a can of worms for another day. You know, the, the thing on advances too, though, our, our good friends up in Canada, when they write, when elevators write basis contracts up there, they're, I think, required to advance on those. Now, the, the farmer can defer payment if he wants, but yeah. they have to advance on, was it 70% or something? So, yeah, yeah. depending on where you go. I mean, yeah, folks in Illinois are advancing 80% or more at times. And yeah, so that's another thing we've definitely seen this year is as you roll, your basis gets worse. And as the price drags even lower, now all of a sudden you owe me money. For- yeah, there's been several folks comment on that on Twitter just this week. And we're not talking like, hey, they said it versus the March 20 and rolled it a couple times. We're not talking they said it last harvest and rolled it a few more times. We're talking some people even back to 18 crop have been rolling for two years. It's crazy. What started off as, you know, 30 under basis is now better than a buck under. And, uh, you know, anyway, that, that gets into policies, which is kind of what we're talking about. And, you know, we've, we've talked to policies before in, in a general sense. Uh, an evergreen sense, if you will, and this one's more geared towards you know where we find ourselves today. Yeah, so so we've diagnosed the problem, uh, but as as uh, as Roger and I we're we're brokers, so we're really good at this. We can go back and tell you what you should have done, and even probably with a splash of "I told you so." Absolutely, that's, I mean that's a given. We're good at it. So uh, so how how can you avoid Roger getting into situations such as this where where we we find ourselves which which muck hole uh, i'm talking about it in specifically with the with these basis contracts that that have transpired and where we find ourselves from the buyer or seller standpoint i got so many questions i, man. I mean this is the elevator's cut so we're talking about for for the elevator what yeah. sort of how how should they have managed their policies better to well, don't allow get... the roll or make it very limited. And again, this was a, let's say heated, this was a good back and forth conversation. And it always is when it gets brought up. You know, you have the camp of, well, adults are going to be adults, let them do whatever. And then you have the camp of, well, let's not give someone enough rope to continue to hang themselves with. Uh, and, you know, happy medium somewhere in the middle. Uh, guidance, because uh, as a buyer, as an elevator, we know base is only fine. It's always going to work for us. Caveat in the carry market, if it's inverted, obviously not so well on what we buy. So we're, we're, we're pretty well protected, and we can manage spreads ahead of time to, to ensure that and all this other stuff. But from the seller standpoint, um, every, every, every roll in that carry is going to go against them. And, yeah, and the, the idea of, well, on the day of the roll, it's identical cash price. Yes, I agree, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a $0.10 cent carry – then a 20 under this month is, is equivalent to 30 under that month on that day. That's correct. But what happens is, is it's not priced that day. It continues on. And so now this 30 under continues to go on. And if there's another roll, another dime, then it's a 40 under. And now you're just ask you're needing the market to come back up that much more to get at water level. And, uh, and you know, it just, it, it's a kick into the can. And, you know, you can allow a roll if you want. Uh, and some people have limits. Some people have it a fiscal year in. You're allowed one roll or two. You know, 
your success and how well those contracts are executed as a buyer is going to be completely dependent on two things. One, how successful you are getting your producer to get a target in on them. And two, how much time you're going to allow them to take to price that thing out. Where do you set the goalposts for them? Because if it's just open-ended, well, guess what? Guys are going to take all the time you're going to give them. That's human nature. We love to procrastinate as a species. Yeah, and the 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 longer it goes, the more uh, the more carry you start rolling into. The farther it gets from what your spot bid is on the day they price for new bushels that are coming in that you know versus and it can it can lead to a, a bad relationship outcome, which of course is what we have in the grain business is a good you know, relationship. So and that's true, and we 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 say that a lot on this program for sure. You know, people will do the same things year in and year out, continue to do them and get burned by them, but continue to do them. Yeah. And I, and in the name of continuity and habits of, well, you know, it's what I always do. Uh, that one time it worked out and, you know, which it will. It will work one time at least yeah. and over a span of a farming career. And, you know, like Roger said, from the elevator standpoint, it's fine. E- even the inverse, the elevator is going to sell it. And keep the position. The yes. elevator can protect their margin. They they know what they've got. It's it's not a it it's a it's an easy thing to manage for for an elevator. However, it's their relationship. And are you doing the best by your farmer? I mean, you want your farmers to be successful as a as a grain buyer. Contrary to popular belief, uh, <laughs> it actually is good to have customers uh, in the grain business. How about yeah, that? and neighbors and people 4-H animal purchasers and, yeah. and all these other things. You know so. So, yeah, anyways, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the big thing is if you're going to allow them, have a limit uh, on how many rolls, if they can do rolls. A lot of, I see people that, hey, we don't do rolls. Or, and this year's taught us the lesson, unfortunately, of how much do you advance and do you have a policy of, hey, if it gets to this level, we're going to have to price you out because you're going to be underwater. Some people do that. Uh, some people, because they don't want to have to come to you and Knock say, Knockout hey, price, if you will. Yeah, you're going to have to come write me a check because you're underwater now. So there's there's all sorts of that. But it's stuff, you got to think ahead on this stuff, mm-hmm. which, is what, which is where we want to go. We want to think forward. Get, instead of analyzing the past and, and all this stuff, we want to think forward because yeah. we're coming up on a new... Uh, new crop uh, again just it's like clock every year it seems like we grow a new crop it's incredible it's unbelievable I'm every year flabbergasted that we met we're able to do this yeah do you know sometimes it's not even a change of policy that sometimes it's a change of of, of uh, conversation so say you work for say your originator for an elevator that allows rolls and you have no say over the policy you just go with what your higher-ups are telling you this is what we're going to do and ha- so be it you can change the conversation Someone sets a basis only contract for harvest, and you know typically we have them. They can price it by harvest, or maybe you let them roll it out of harvest. We all know what usually happens. They'll wait till harvest to price it, and they get there, and the price stinks. They're going to want to roll it. That happens the majority mm-hmm. of the time. I would contend that conversation easily at front. You can say, "Look, um, let's just use free easy math again. Ten under the D's. You got ten under the D's." Would you be comfortable with having 40 under the July as your basis, Mr. Producer? If he says yes, then you should go ahead and make that extended basis contract, move it out that day and lock it in. If he says no, okay then, because if you don't price it before, you know, uh, the end of spring, 
that that's where we sit today. And know spreads are going to change, but that's where it's at. Yeah. So you can have that conversation and say, this is something to be expecting. This is potentially what happens. So if you don't think corn's going to rally more than 30 cents between now and then, maybe you shouldn't go this route. What else can we do? Yeah. Or for that same 30 cents, could you turn it into a price it out and do a minimum price contract? You do that by time with an option instead of with your actual futures position you know so there's different conversations you can have so just because you work for for a company that won't change your policy or quote unquote can't for political reasons or whatever else fine have a different conversation that's easy enough to do yeah and that's you know the call option and people hate you know i gotta spend money on calls but the may july roll this year same thing it was about nine or ten cents and that's about what an option was to buy for July, pretty close to the money. And so it's it's like, well, I'm about to spend 10 cents and eat 10 cents in a basis roll here. Or I could just buy a minimum price contract, go ahead and price out my price out my contract, get paid. And then if the market goes up, I'll get extra. And, and some guys did that and the market did go up a little bit and and got some extra. But but it's not about that. It's you're about to spend the 10 cents anyways. Uh, so may as well get some protection. A basis, if you just roll basis, you get no price floor protection, and you're just still at the whim and could lose more money. Whereas at, at least you do that. So so yeah, I mean even if you if you put a put an end to when guys have to price out their basis roll, it doesn't mean it's the end for them if they want to stay in the market. But there's way better ways to do it than eating carry after carry after mm-hmm. carry. If you're going to eat that much money per bushel, may as well buy an option and get some price protection. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really good point. That that happened some this year. I, I wish it would have happened more this year, but it did happen some. So that I think that's a good solution. Yeah. All right, so... Here's the situation, Roger. We're coming into a new crop, which we just found out a couple days ago with the crop report that millions of acres have disappeared of corn acres. But there's still a lot of acres, and there's still historic uh, levels of carryover that we're bringing into new crop, and people are getting their trump bucks, and they're building farm bins with them because, by God, we're going to have a ton of corn. It's not... Space will be at a premium this year. Oh, there's there's yeah. going to be a lot of strong corn belt areas have a very good looking crop. Have been getting rains. They got the crop in early. COVID's uh, killing ethanol demand. Besides people, I mean, it's there's yeah. there's issues around, and you know from what, from what I can see right now, and this is broad brush across the country, but. You know, new crop corn basis is solid 10, 15 cents lower in most markets for, for harvest time and going forward right now. And, you know, if we continue to get decent weather, get through pollination here in the next couple of weeks nationally, or at least the high states, and have a monster crop coming, it's liable to get even lower, you know, going into harvest because that's typically what big crops do to basis. Um, so, you know, a lot of factors go into that, but um, the expectation is lower levels. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean lower margin potential for elevators. Uh, I would say it actually probably means opposite of that. Um, but, um, you know, something to prepare for. So there, there could be some silver lining in the fact that up until this week, hardly anyone has got any forward new crop book on. Mm-hmm. Specifically on, on corn, because 
you know, stuff you would have bought a few months ago, that basis might not be too attractive by the time we get to harvest as far as ownership is concerned. Right. Um, but, you know, you definitely want to get it bought by the end of harvest if possible. Yeah. And, and we're going to, it's one of those years where nobody's sold anything. So basis for new crop, a new crop basis keeps creeping up and up and up and has been because it's like, well, sure, I'll, I'll run with the neighbor because who cares? We're not buying anything anyways. Mm-hmm. I want to look good in the market. And so you keep going up and up. Well, then we get a little rally like we've seen the last uh, little bit from this report. And now maybe people do start selling some new crop and all of a sudden you're buying it at levels you don't want to own, really. And so, yeah, like Roger says, you got to be paying attention to to your buyers. And as they're dropping, you got to be dropping too uh, because you can get underwater real fast. You can you can have, be all excited. Hey, I bought all these new crop bushes. I've been... I haven't had any bought all year. Now I finally bought it, and uh, the basis is terrible. I'm you know, that. the other thing to that point has even been on some old crop because we've had, uh, look at beans, for instance. Look, you know, we, we got out of the, the July futures here last week or the first of this week, whatever. And, you know, some buyers moved to the Q, some to the X. Thank God everyone listened to our old podcast. No one went to the U, idiots. So the uh, no one does that, I'm told. Hopefully, uh, but you've had stuff moving and the spreads have done some really, really big moving lately on things. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's just transition, man. Transition's volatile every year, whether with little or whether a lot. It's like Paul, the transition is going to transition. RuPaul, what are you talking about? Transition? <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was an aside. But anyways, um, Randy will get that in the editing, hopefully. Uh, so I don't. So I don't get canceled. <laughs> but anyway, I don't even know what connection I was making. So anyways, um, yeah, uh, so policies, uh, when we're looking at a new crop like this, we should be seeing um, big carries, low harvest basis. Uh, it's lining up for that. You know, there's a lot of time between now and then, but it's lining up for something where we could see if we get a big crop with big carryover, we should have low base at harvest time, and and some carries. Sizable carry. So what you're saying is space is valuable this year. More yes. valuable than the last few years. Some people hear that and they say, time to speculate on spreads. But that's not what I'm saying <laughs> completely. Uh, no. But anyways, <laughs> the, you dirty broker. Yeah, I know, right? But, um, but anyways, yeah, carries uh, are likely to be in the picture for a while and just like with our old crop basis contracts we've been talking about how the carries have been eating eating their lunch a little bit that's not going away so if you've had it you've been up against it there's time now you're gonna maybe you'll get more basis contracts on in the fall i don't i don't know but if you do um this situation that you think might be bad now there's a very good chance it'll be worse next year but you can avoid those issues by thinking ahead right now and not just on basis contracts but a lot of your uh, a lot of a lot of your policies and thinking through them because with this situation how are we going to if you get overwhelmed with bushels and nobody prices any of them how are you going to manage that so that your elevator whether you're a co-op or independent, you are a manager or merchandiser of someone's investment in space that is worth 
all-time big values, maybe, and if you if no one prices it and you can't own basis, you're not going to get that value that that traditional basis trading way. So how are you going to to do it? Is my thought. Someone has to pay you for it, other than Mr. Market. Is that the answer? That's right. No, so I mean fees got to be there. A, a thought process here. Let's take corn and let's 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 delve into the future and say, you know, corn spreads continue to widen out some. And uh, you're in a market where basis appreciation from harvest till June, say, is 30 cents. 30 cents a basis, just pure basis appreciation. And let's say your net spread gain, what that is what the carries will pay you over and above your cost, is, say, 20 cents. Let's say you can lock that in. So if your cost was 12 cents... And you got a thirty-two cent carry each July. Yeah, you're you, saying you 20, cent 20 on top of that. I got you. So you got twenty cents there. You got thirty cents a basis, but you got fifty cents over about seven months' time, roughly. How do you determine uh, what your space is worth? Well, that that's your answer: basis gain and what spreads will pay you. That's that's a simple answer. Simple answer. So that's if nothing else, that's your starting point. This is what my space is worth between December, and June, July. Easy. So how a does little it, over about seven cents a month? There you go, seven and a little bit over past the decimal place there, old buddy. Uh, but yeah, so that that would be right there. If you're going to allow storage or DP, there, boom, easy enough. There's your charge. Now you may say, well, my guys don't store all the way till June. They'll they'll always sell in March. All right, cut a few months off of that. Divide the number again. See where you're at. What your margin would be there. There's your value of space. So whatever it is, there's there's no textbook way of, of, uh, of setting your policy, but there is a standard way of figuring value of your space. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know how else you would look at that. Um, it's opportunity cost type thing. So if you can't trade basis and spread, you got to charge for it. Now it's, it's easier said than done is moving. If you're in a place where you've always charged three cents a month storage to say, now I got to double it to seven customers aren't going to be happy. No, that's true. They're not. But, um, is your boss going to be happy if you're not making any money either? So yeah, there's a balance, we'll put it that way. That's for sure. And I'd like to talk about a few other policies, but first, we do have a break, and we have a sponsor again, Roger. It's, you know, I, I'm, I was um, pleasantly surprised when they reached out because, you know, the COVID's got everything shut down, and, and it's good to know that there's some products out there that's got shelf life if you will longevity that can sit undisturbed for a quite amount of time and still be viable which that's is right. what a lot of us have done over the last several months that's right randy has handed me the facts it's still warm uh from the printer and our our uh, our sponsor this episode is grain elevator office honey buns elevator office honey buns no expiration date no problem Elevator office honey buns, still just a quarter because we got them a quarter century ago. Elevator office honey buns, they'll stay viable longer than you'll stay employed. Elevator office honey buns, the coffee can may say the honor system, but there's no honor at that other can. Elevator office honey buns. Thanks for that load of grain. Don't forget to grab you some diabetes on the way out. Elevator office honey buns. 
There's a reason the truckers can't use the bathrooms here. And it ain't COVID. Elevator office honey buns, because your customers can't gripe at you when their mouth's full. Elevator office honey buns. It puts the quarter in the can. <laughs> <laughs> Elevator office honey buns. It puts the quarter in the can and gets back on the road again. Elevator office honey buns. A little bundle of heaven and some old cellophane covered in dirt. <laughs> Elevator office honey buns. Paid for by the dockage kicker. Okay, and we're back continuing our discussion on the year 2020 and policies and things that elevators should be looking at Uh going into this new crop and one thing it, we discussed is we're going to have a big crop guys may not want to be pricing at all and I, I know folks are behind the pace so far and and what they do have bought for new crop <clears throat> so a big way to avoid some of these pitfalls that happen with with your policies come come new crop whether it's higher fees and limiting things and and trying to get some ownership is get ownership now ahead of time, right? I mean, and that should always be the focus at an elevator, right, is 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 target contracts and booking ahead. And it's just been a tough go this year. I, I get that. And I think for a lot of our guys we see and work with, uh, those averaging contracts have pretty, for the last couple of years, have been almost all of their pre-harvest uh, booking is through those contracts. So, those are good ones to have. It's a little late in the year to do them. Maybe you do a one-week averager at this point or something. I mean, the the market's up a little bit, and maybe maybe you can do that. But um, yeah, and some people have averagers the set period, or you know, Tracy Hinkle, the guy we work with, is, is fond of saying, "Look, I'll I'll do an averager for any time period you want to average, Mister Farmer. Right. If you want to average June, July, done. You know, whatever it is, you you hear this a lot out there. You know, people saying, you know, trade your bias." That's a good way to do it, and it's a cheap or free way to do that, and it's a proactive way to do that. You know, and, I, I, it's it, maybe I'm just thick-headed, but sometimes it's hard for me to understand why um, specifically the things, marketing-wise, that are cheaper to do through a commercial elevator, some guys want to go out on their own and do it. And I'm talking just strictly the cost. I understand the reason in between biases or who's got skin in the game or who's on your side or you want to leave my options open a good buyer will do all that for their customer then not, not all of them are good unfortunately but a lot are you just got to ask um, but to be able to to whether it's futures accounts and hdas or margin calls or you know pr premium offer contracts well all these other things you know things that you can do with otc that's cheaper than doing it if you piece it together yourself whatever it is you know, there's there's a lot of benefit there for the producer and for the elevator. He wants to own grain, too. Yeah. And um, that can work together on that. And uh, a lot of times these things work really well ahead of harvest, you know, just because of the cost factor. Yeah. And, and use use psychology to your favor always. Uh, just you can you can paint the picture in a positive way. Uh, the gifted originators there. There's always a, a silver lining. There's always a good way to look at it. Hey, we got averagers that have been going for six weeks and got all these low prices, and it's just now rallying, and the average is really low. Guess what? You know, you want to beat all your neighbors. They 
they all did these averagers at this price. That's this is our averager price. You can sell it all, you know, right now for this price. It's higher. Hey, everybody want to come in and beat our averager that always does so good? You can beat our averager today if you sell, you know, that sort of thing instead of because otherwise guys are going to be like, crap, you know, I did that averager and yeah, it's worked for me for the last four years straight, but you know, this year it's a little, it's lagging right now and who knows what it'll be by harvest, but right now I'm negative about it. And you can either let them be negative and dwell on that, or you can say, you only put 10% in, sell 20% at this thing and beat the pants off everybody that did averagers, you know? Um, so I, I mean, originators, I find that they, they say that sort of stuff and they, they come up with that. And that's really powerful. It's using using the psychology, I think. It'd also be a good idea as the originator to make some coffee mugs with your logo on it that says, I sold higher than you did. And you give them to guys and let them or go just deliver them to your local <laughs> coffee shop and say, hey, why don't you guys use some of this? would be advertising. That's a good way to use advertising that's dollars. That's a great idea. It'll get some good... Uh, churning conversation going about it might pit brother against brother but so goes life nice yeah i think a well-placed uh message to all the farmers hey did you miss out on our averaging contract because you can beat it right now it's okay that you missed it this would go good for all those rice guys in the delta that's all they do is is averagers and pools and stuff down there right yeah they don't even know what they get till much later so but here's what they do know Everybody else got it too. And so that's fine. You know, as long as everybody else got it. It's like herd immunity from profitability. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe we should reach out to those guys for a sponsorship someday. Um, Brought to you by herd immunity. (laughs) (laughs) But we, uh, so one thing I want to talk to that that does a a linking um, policy or contract, if you will, that, that does link old crop and new crop is a premium premium mm-hmm. offer contracts, and uh, they may be called different things in different places, yeah, but it's pretty um, standard. But premium offer contracts and how those work is, hey, I, it's well where we were most of the this year. Old crop prices terrible, new crop prices terrible. No one wants to sell anything. However, you got to sell it eventually, and the elevators need to uh, keep keep uh, you know their supply uh their their buyers supplied and all that uh so that you know chickens don't starve and cows don't starve and and uh ethanol plants yeah. can maybe continue maybe they starve you know. <laughs> but uh you know you, we do need our um high high fructose corn syrup for things like honey buns to keep your for office what's stock. formerly known as aunt jemima syrup and that's whatever. right so you need some some stuff you need you need to keep keep folks running so um so how they get that coming in, premium offers get very popular in that, in that uh, sort of environment because you get a premium for whatever the old, so the spot bushels, we give you a premium, and that premium comes from selling an option on new crop, uh, on new crop. And so essentially that risk of selling that option is like having a, it, you're selling a call option. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but the the general thing is, you essentially, it's it's like having a target contract, right. mostly like having a target contract for new crop, which is something you probably should do anyways, is do a target for new crop, and you get a premium in your old crop bushels to do it. So it's not a terrible contract, really, even though it does involve selling options, right? But the 
Um, but not the way the guy that guy in Florida did. <laughs> right. But the 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 risk is I have a new crop contract at a at a target level I am aware of and I'm comfortable if I if I sell bushels at that. You know, and and so that's that's something it's worth looking into and it and it accomplishes two goals with, with one contract. So I don't know. Roger, you like premium offer contracts? They sound fantastic, but I'm a shameless broker, so that's true. That's true. It's it is. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of these contracts, and I've told you guys before on this podcast that I'm cynical about the brokerage business, um, and and a lot of these contracts are dreamed up of a way to get more trades out of the same bushel, right? Um, and this does it gets gets an extra trade. This is the way brokers broker. work their backstop. That's all it is. But uh, but yeah, it's uh with with OTCs and stuff and the the development of that sort of market, it's it's manageable. It's a lot more easy to manage. They just you know give you the position at the end and all that stuff. Um, that that it doesn't have to get too complicated for the elevator. And and like any of these contracts, even if we're talking a minimum price contract, which I think is a pretty straightforward contract, right? Um, and you're buying an option, so you're not taking on a bunch of risk necessarily. You're just getting rid of some of the downside risk. So, but any of these contracts, if they involve options for you, the elevator person, to do, or an OTC or something, you'll never get a farmer to do these contracts if you start explaining what sort of option and OTC strategy you are going to implement to accomplish it. Right. As soon as you do, eyes glaze over. No, thanks. That's not for me. They Farmers don't want to trade options and they, they don't want to try to understand some new. And, and that's why it, it becomes the guys that are successful uh, helping guys do this is, hey, I can give you a 15 cent premium. This, this is my spot bids, you know, 327. I'll give you. Why did I make a 27? Why shouldn't I? My spot bids 320. I'll pay you three thirty-five today. It's easier math. Um, anyways, I'll pay you. I'll pay you a fifteen cent premium, and but you got to target in for new crop at this level, pretty much. Well, you know, and I, I think some of it is some folks, some originators want to make sure they're super transparent with everything, which is fine. But you don't have to talk in the weeds. You know, it's it's kind of like when you buy. It's the simplest part of buying grain. You forward contract or something. You don't have to tell the, the the farmer. Okay, now that I bought this from you, I'm going to hedge. September corn futures here right. and then roll. Who cares? They don't care if you sell futures, if you sell cash grain or don't do anything. It's just done. They know what they got. You can explain what you got. If they want to know all the details, fine. But, you know, the Jason said, don't lead off with the stuff because it doesn't, um, you know, it's like if you was, I was adding a bin at the elevator, you can get all the start with the technical stuff, but I'd rather say, hey, I'd like 400,000 bushel bin, please. Then you give me the specs, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those deals, but. And, you know, the other thing is you don't have to word vomit every type of contract you offer to guys at every time of year. You know, some contracts are appropriate now. Um, some contracts that are appropriate now won't be appropriate in three months. You know, so, again, you're trying to, you know, part of your your job if you're helping as an advisor, especially if you even call yourself an advisor, is to narrow down the field of possibilities for guys and put them in the best path. Let them choose. But give them the stuff that makes sense. You know, there's some contracts out there that doesn't make sense here in July. Uh, there's some that absolutely do make sense here in July. 
whether it's old crop or new crop or any delivery period. You know, again, we talk a lot about harvest deliveries because that's when most of the bushels get sold. But any of these apply for any any delivery period out there, of course. Yeah, and to that end on timing uh, of policies is if you're looking at new crop policies right now, I think that's a good idea. I think we're going to have a, a big crop coming and space will be at a premium. How are you going to manage it and still take care of your customers and not alienate anybody, right? That's that's a, definitely a good thing to do. But think about it now and start getting the information to them now. Yes. You start getting the information to them as they're bringing in their new crop bushels. They're either going to get angry. They're going to say, forget it. I'm doing what I always did. They're... You know, it's well, they're just, going to get angry yeah. because you're staring down the barrel of being lower basis at harvest. At least with corn right now where it stands, it looks like corn board could be pretty low at harvest. And then you're going to say, oh, I'm doubling storage fees this year. That is a conversation you need to have before time because you can look at spreads and basis um, a movement in your area and get a rough idea where you need to be if you need to up it. Do it now. Don't. Yeah. Or, you know, if your fiscal year ends into July and you want to make changes in, whatever it is, don't wait till the first day of harvest if you can. Because there's other things that are going to have to change at harvest, like basis, and the board will be changing for sure. Uh, you know, just try to get one more thing out of the way. And I think a lot of people do that just out of habit. But if you don't, definitely think about it. Yeah, and what you want coming out of harvest, too, is you want to have some bushels that you own in your space. And a lot of people, especially with a big crop, it's harder to do. And they say, well, we'll have to go to price later in DP, and they're shipping grain, DP grain, getting short the basis at harvest, which is the worst possible time of year to get short the basis with big carries and low basis. And all of a sudden, you get to the end of the year, and you don't understand why we didn't make any money at the elevator this year. And uh, and, and that's that's why and it happens and so getting out ahead and saying all right i'm going to have an internal limit of this is how much storage i'm going to take this out at, yes. at some point in harvest when these big harvests happen there is a point where everybody goes to cash only because they just have to and so where's your point going to be try to plan ahead and try to not even get to that but hopefully you yes. have this limit and then try to and and how do we do that we're active about getting targets in. We're getting stuff uh, bought ahead of time, having farmers sell to you. And the other thing is, look at your DP program. And I've been a big advocate and advocate for this this way, way of thinking is the minimum price contracts, which are, you know, sell the grain and buy a call option and then you get it, get more if the price goes up, but if price goes down, you're protected, that sort of thing. Pretty straightforward. Um, you don't have to call them that. You can call them whatever you want. Stay in the market. Stay in the markets. Four and more. Or this is our price later option this year. Absolutely. Because a lot of times what I've seen is buying a call option when prices are low is less expensive than a lot of places that have minimum DP fees and, and all this stuff. You'll get in years like this where you have 30 cent minimums or more. And you could buy an option for cheaper than that and get get your money up front, get all the stuff. And from the elevator, you can own the harvest bushels and you're not up against this storage, um, run out of storage and getting underwater on basis because you're selling DP bushels. And so it, it just helps everybody if you can uh, if you can you can do that. But like Roger was saying, it starts now planning that out and getting the word out because we don't want surprises 
for our customers at Harvest. But uh, this is a time of year, you know, I, I go visit guys and <laughs> up until the last few days, it's just slow at the elevator because nobody wants to sell anything, nobody wants to do anything, uh, old crop or new crop. This is the time you got to be thinking about what's going to be my challenge. And I think this is this is it. This is a big one. And, and now's the time to be planning for it and getting the word out once you set some policies that, that help you, you know. Or you just pay up hiring everybody else and buy it all now. Okay, well, that about wraps it up then. That's We should have just led with that. That's perfect. Well, you know, there's an order here of these things from best to worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, this is fantastic. We're, we're, we're in, in live flesh, and this has been a nice, refreshing change. Back in the saddle again. It's As been, they say. Uh, it's been cool. Yeah. So... Anyway, thank you guys for uh, continuing to, to, to listen and uh, for all the feedback. And it is, is really fun. And, and it's because of you that we get. To, no, no, we're lying. It's not because of you. We get, we'll do this whether you listen or not. So there's but that. We will, Full disclosure. We do appreciate you liking and subscribing and downloading and sharing us with your friends. And, of course, you have. I know some of you out there have friends in high places. And... When you come in contact with somebody who you think would be a great sponsor for the show, you know, like one of the big ones like we had today, Elevator Office Honey Buns, QBFS, uh, Brass Probes, you name it. When you come in contact with, uh, with, with those uh, big spenders, if you will, you know, send them our way. We have, we offer bounties for yes, good I mean, sponsors. We need good sponsors. So you just send them to us. But uh, yeah, as, as always, we appreciate you guys and look forward to next time. So for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to The Elevator's Cut. Out. <laughs>